Welcome to Life Changing Money, a podcast all about one of the most taboo topics in the world, money. I'm your host, Barbara Shrehan, and we're going behind the scenes on business owners' journeys to money, success, and wealth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Changing Money. I am so excited for today's guest. I know I say that every time, but this time we have my good friend, Elizabeth Faye. Welcome to the show. Yay! (laughs) So if you don't already follow Elizabeth Faye, she is literally like the most amazing. I, I feel like just saying you're a coach for beauty entrepreneurs like doesn't do you justice because I feel like you can help anyone and everyone, but she is a business coach and trauma coach for beauty entrepreneurs and coaches. She is an amazing speaker. She has spoken at our retreats before and hello, you just came out with a freaking movie. We came out with a documentary. Is it like out, out, like everyone can so it'll see be it? on Prime in fall because we're having like private digital premieres right now. So we've premiered it at hair shows in some private communities and then at our actual retreat because we want to make it like a fun thing that's still private. And then it will be like all the way out. And we're still doing copyright stuff and like the not fun intellectual Legal stuff. So like it gives us some time to deal with that part anyways. Um, but it will be out, out on prime in fall. And so then anyone can see it. Freaking amazing. Okay. So how did you get to like making a movie? So go back, like, feel like why, why did you do that? So first entrepreneur journey. Oh gosh. Okay. Why did we make a movie? Great question. Um, so we started it four years ago. And so I run like an education community is like, I think that's important to say because that's, that's what we do. So it's like a community and it's all either um, facilitation for facilitators or we're facilitating for a lot of hairstylists, salon owners. Um, You know, like she said, a lot of my work is like coaches or high level CEOs, but like our community is for hairdressers. The company's called Hair Love. So yeah, but um, we have just like this really wild story on how we started and um, we, our whole thing in our company is hairstylists change the world. And so we just really believe that I have like a whole TEDx I'm going to do on it on like what everyone can learn from the hairdresser and how they can have, you know, it's a special space when like you share literally all moments of the spectrum with this person and everyone has a hairdresser they love and they're space holders and they have a really divine sacred career. And so we wanted to, the movie's called Hairstylist Change the World. And honestly, the movie has, it progressed. Like that was not the original vision, Uh Um, but we wanted to just show off hairdressers, what we do, kind of share the story of hair love, but it like evolved into something way more beautiful. Cause like COVID happened, we were supposed to premiere it in 2020 and then the industry and the world fell apart. So we were like, well, the movie, our, our direct director was like, we do what we do, which is you keep filming. And I was like, wow. And so I went through like a huge spiritual experience. Like things changed so much in our company and evolving that like the movie needed to be four years in the making to be what it is now. Um, and so now it's this beautiful, it's like a 45 minute piece of inspiration, of storytelling, of just demonstrating humans and the sacredness of just human connection. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like I'm giving the spoiler alert, it basically says hairstyles change the world. And then it scratches it out and says, you change the world. And it Aww. talks about 
how we're all a part of the ripple effect. We all impact people by making people feel heard, seen, and loved. And for that collective message to empower any human being that sees it to go out and make the world a better place by being their most beautiful express version of themselves, you know? Oh, yeah. Why is it like as soon as we sit in that chair, it's like therapy time? Yeah, it's. I know. It's pretty cool. It's pretty like, cool. Do you, do you have like an answer for that? I feel like. I have my opinion. Yeah. And we interview like a lot of like celebrity stylists and like high level people to get their take on like why they think hairdressers change the world. Um, I mean, okay. Here's the spiritual side of me. Your heart chakra is literally on someone's crown chakra. Like you're like heart to crown, like in such a beautiful way. So like you are, you are in someone's bubble and and I did this whole like research when I was making my TEDx talk that I haven't yet done, but I've applied for. So I've been in the process, been rejected. Well, we'll get there one day. Um, I made it through multiple rounds, but um, is I was like studying proximity and like how close people let you physically and like how they trust you and what that means. And I was like, all of this stuff is like out the window when it comes to a hairdresser, like a real stranger is in your chair and you are like, no proximity, like all you're like in their proximity. So I think like physical space, um, is a big part. There's like a built in trust there. And I always tell my hairdressers, like, I tell them like, imagine your chair, like has a golden bubble of light around it. And like, that's like your sacred container of space holding. And you want, what do you want the energy to feel like? What do you want the protection to feel like for you, for the client, for all of that? And, um, and the conversations, are just so stripped down. I mean, you, you have that confidence with someone who, you know, you can share, like, like I told my clients I was pregnant before I told like my partner, like you have this, like and <laughs> them to me, like you share weddings, deaths, sexual experiences, like fucking everything with that. Yeah. person, And you see them like there's enough space in between, but it's consistent enough. Um, and I think of, like Rob, our mutual friend, he was telling me he has notes in his phone and he literally writes down all the good and bad things that happen. So he has talking points when he talks to his hairdresser. Like that's just like, whoa, isn't that cool? It's like this built in trust of like, I'm here, you're here, we're in this together. And, you know, you make someone feel more like themselves, more beautiful. And that, that comes with what happens in between is the conversation and the space holding and the connection. And, you know, I always tell my people it's so much more than hair. And if you can be wealthy, be really fucking good at what you do, then you get to focus on the part that matters, which is the human in front of you. So that's why the business and the craft and all the wells, you know, bells and whistles matter. So you get to do the really impactful part, which is mm. impact someone's life. And then they go out into the world and they, they smile at a barista or they're better leaders or better moms. And it's like that carries with them. Like you feel mm-hmm. a way when you feel more like yourself on the outside. You step into the world differently. And I just, I think it's a really special career. It's cool. I love it. And Matt has probably told you this. Matt's my husband and you coach my husband as well, but he's probably told you this. So he is an interrogator in the military. And when they want to find information about someone, they go to their hairdresser. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, they find the hairdressers. She'll know. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, we tell our hairdressers everything, but that's cool. Um, but let's, let's talk about like the money journey on 
your entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like <laughs> career. So you started when you were so young. So young, 16. Yeah. And can you explain like some of the money mindset hurdles and things that you had to go through? Yeah. Um, my money story, this is a fun topic because I haven't shared a lot of it. Um, my one day I want to write a book about energetics behind money, but like one day, one day, one day, like I have another book I'm working on, but I've thought on this a lot because of that. And in the process of writing the one I'm writing. So I came from like a really interesting polarity with money. I grew up really Mormon, really conservative. Um, but I had my parents are divorced. My dad was like very much like the mindset of like, you don't buy brand name peanut butter. You save every penny, very frugal, very, he would, he would use the word very smart with his money. Like he made like two or three grand stretch. Like he provided for everything we needed with like a very, you know, a modest income and he made it work. Like we didn't go without, we just like only had what we had and it it just, he stretched it and he made it work. And we were very modest and frugal with our money Mm -hmm. and like almost like Dave Ramsey vibes. You know what I mean? Like you don't have debt. You can't afford it. If you can't pay cash, like you don't have credit cards. Like that was his vibe. Mm -hmm. And then I had a mom who is like buying into Ponzi schemes and spending her money on investments that never panned out super risky and super entrepreneurial, but to a detriment and refinancing her house or getting quick loans to make payroll for her business just like all the time. So like money was like chaotic Mm -hmm. and it was the lights were off or there wasn't enough for stuff. And I mean, I don't think I have not, I have never had, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with her in my entire life where money isn't like the cornerstone of almost the entire conversation, whether it be the investments about to land. If we only had this, let's check the bank account. Like it is like the focus, but it's of stress, of evil, of negativity, of it'll just be the thing that unlocks peace and we have to chase it. So really strong polarities and both my opinion would be are unhealthy extremes on either side. So I was, I was witnessing it on both sides. There's never enough in two very different ways. Do you know what I mean? Um, And then my first boss was like in a Beamer, wore cool clothes, wore designer. Like I didn't even know what Gucci was. Like, like just like was a big expander for me in like, I thought just celebrities had nice cars. I thought just celebrities had nice clothes. Like, and so to watch these like hairdressers be like rolling up in nice cars and well-dressed and going to nice dinners and taking me, I grew up in Vegas to the strip to places I've never even seen before. And I lived there was like super expansive to be like, oh, these are like normal humans. You know what I mean? Like no one here is Kim Kardashian. And they're living this life that I thought existed in a paradigm so far from me that it wasn't even worth daring to think about. Mm -hmm. And that was really expansive for me and also very confusing because if you see those three paradigms, I was like, where do I fit in in this? And obviously the one I would want is the one that I was being shown at work. Um, But I was also taught in this paradigm that you had to blood, sweat, and tears and grind to have that, I say, celebrity style life that I, my little 16-year-old self, thought was that 
in order to have it, it came at great sacrifice to your health, to your well-being, to your family. And I was never shown someone who had maybe these family Mormon values that I valued as a child growing up with the the car and the freedom and the flexibility. So it was still like another form of not enoughness. Just it looked a little cuter. It looked a little fancier. It looked a little you know, more, more designer. It was the designer version. Um, so I then began my journey of grinding myself into the fucking ground because I wasn't going to have the light shut off and I wasn't going to buy not brand name peanut butter. And that was (laughs) the best of all three scenarios I had ever seen. So that's kind of the roots of, I think where my money journey began, you know? Mm -hmm. So then uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, like probably the beginning of your hair career, you were just hustling hard. your ass off. Hard. Yeah. Like unhealthily hard. So then yeah. where was that switch? Because now you teach beauty entrepreneurs to like not hustle so hard and you can still have a good life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. So, um, and I'm sure a lot of service-based industries are very hustle, you know, like there's, like, I'm sure that it lives in a lot of other industries, kind of that, like, um, blood, sweat and tears. And I, I would say that's very prevalent in America in, you know, the mm-hmm. personal development, which we're seeing it change. But like, it's been every speaker on stage, right? It's got to be fucking hard and keep on going, never give up. And like, so it's like so deeply ingrained. Every business conference I went to, every personal development was just like, just do it, you know, like the energy. And so like I embodied that energy as a life and business coach for years. And I use um, this analogy is it works, like it fucking works, but it's, And I was successful and I did grow a business and I did grow authority. And so what happened is um, I'm going to use an example. Imagine I'm literally going to get a piece of paper. Is that work? And I'll, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I I think this is a, I think this is a helpful example for literally anyone who likes to have a job or make money or needs to. (laughs) Okay. I like to have a job and make money. Yeah. I mean, most of us. Yeah. And if we were a trust fund baby, we still like to have a job and make money, right? Um, okay. So imagine this. I just drew a circle on a piece of paper. And this circle represents everything available in the universe. Like all availability, all possibility, like just everything. that you, Your mind can't even wrap around. Then I'm going to draw a circle in the middle. And then I just drew like a little pink circle in the middle. This little pink circle. It is, looks like a boob. It's a nipple. It is a nipple. <laughs> The universe is actually just a boob, one boob. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the pink nipple in the middle is, is your paradigm. And your paradigm is what you believe to be true and real in the world. It's, you know, you have to buy brand new, you can't buy brand new peanut butter. You, there's never enough, whatever your ideas, this is right. This is wrong. Which right would be created from programming, conditioning, the religion you grew up in, your parents, ideals, school, all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, so it doesn't make everything else in this blue circle, not real. It just means you are not conditioned to even fucking understand it, see it, receive it, experience it. It still exists. 
just not to you. And so what happens as we grow and we involve in our lives, we get a boss like mine that was an expander. We hire a coach. We go to a business conference. We meet someone who's making money differently. We um, see someone talk about investing. Like things happen that start to shift our paradigm. They start to, ex- they're those expanding moments that you're like, I didn't even know people drove this kind of car. I didn't even know you could make money like that. I, right, I didn't know I could have a seat at this table or you begin to heal or whatever happens. I'm going to draw another circle around the nipple. Your paradigm expands. And what happens is more of everything that's available in the world is now available to you. Because your paradigm, your conditioning has shifted and expanded. So I'm going to draw one more circle. You do more healing work. You do more paradigm shifting things, nervous system healing. You get in bigger circles. You go to a mastermind. You, I don't know, right? You do other things. Mm-hmm. You, you meet someone and you're like, it, it changes and it changes and it changes. And more is now available to you because... You now believe that it is. You are now conditioned to experience it, see it, receive it, etc. Right? You're like, how is this person getting these opportunities? Well, they're playing in this paradigm. More is available to them where those opportunities, you wouldn't even see them three paradigms ago, even if they were right in front of your fucking face. And so, because it wasn't available to you because your paradigm had decided that it was not. So, um, the, you know, how did this shift for me was... I started to have my, my paradigm started, started to shift. I started to, um, witness different conversations or read different books or do different things. And my paradigm really, really shifted for me when I got really sick. I got really sick. I got really healthy. I got really unhealthy and I started to be almost like, um, I think like knees on the ground, like praying up to universe or God, like a show me something different. I'm open because this is so not working for me. And it um, led me on a healing journey because because it was the overworking that, that was hard. And, and I come back to this analogy of the river, which is where I was going with this the whole time is you can walk up a river. Can you not? Yes. Can sure. you get to the tree or to the whatever, is there still sun above you? Are there still beautiful views? Is it hard to walk up a river? It could be, right? You'd have, you'd be going against a current, right? So could you be successful in all these other ways? Absolutely. It takes more energy. There might be more falling. There might be more struggle than what was actually necessary. And when you're when you open your mind up to different to available to to changing the way you do things it's almost like turning around and going with the river and maybe you fucking hop on a little raft and let the river carry you and you you begin to co-create with universe with god in collaboration with others um you don't have to carry everything and maybe you're able to sit back and and take in the nature a little more, experience the sun a little more, still might be rainstorms or different weather or different views. Either way, there's just going to be less struggle or unnecessary struggle. And um, and so that for me, my money story started changing um, a lot when I got sick enough to be available to a different reality and it seemed less scary to go with the river than it did to keep walking up it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I just can't do it anymore. And so I'm going to give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And that's really when my um, ideals began to change was 
when I started being open to asking questions, like curiosity is always that first step in our healing journey of like, what if it were different? What if it were easy? What if God and universe could show me something? Um, and that, of course, always leads us when we ask beautiful questions, we're able to get beautiful answers and we find people like Barbara or different <laughs> coaches and you go, and you go, what the fuck? I didn't even know this existed, but I'm now we, we, we find what we seek. And if you're not seeking it, you're not going to find it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that I hope is the, that's a very wordy answer, but I hope there there was something in there. That was the answer. Yeah. A hundred percent. So you came from a lot of scarcity mindset and that lack mindset. And then you kind of turned to hustle. Now, as you're working through these like levels, is there one that you're working on right now? Hell yes. Always. I feel like um, there's always new, you know, corners to explore. So I think... um, I'll be really transparent. I have kind of a a new level that has just been made known to me that like I am in, like I am not on the other side of. And so I don't have like the right answer. Um, I have evolved a lot through COVID and through the world changing because I'm, I mean, we all have, right? Everyone has, but my business, like the beauty industry was shut down. So we had to pivot and we were in the live event industry as well. So it was literally illegal to do what we did for a living. And then I was coaching these people who were going through a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a very interesting experience to be like a leader for people going through so much with their businesses, literally not making money and then hosting live events, which were illegal to host. And it reinvented it and reimagined our business in so many ways that were great. Like I stepped into my trauma work and life coaching work more. Um, It helped me evolve my masterminds. We started doing digital events, like just things came from it. But um, I had to trust a lot that like I could thrive in this environment. And we totally did. Like, I mean, I didn't think we grew, like we grew our community and I think we financially um, had a little dip that year. And then we, we grew a little bit more the next year, but we, we maintained really well. And, and I think that's a massive, that's a massive success. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Be able to reinvent. And um, this, this last year, is, you know, I was like, oh, we're cruising. We're doing the same thing. Like, you know, you I've been in business a decent amount of time. Like I was like, oh, you know, I've kind of been through a lot of reinventing, not really wanting to reinvent the wheel in my business anymore. And this year I have just felt like I'm playing small in certain ways. Like I'm not claiming who the fuck I really am in certain ways. And those can be small ways. People are like, what are you talking about? You are bold. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not fully authentically bold. Like that doesn't mean there isn't like, I wrote the other day, like it's more like, bold. yeah, more bold. It's like, um, and to be more bold doesn't always mean more loud. It means more authentic. Do you know what I mean? Which is vulnerable, which is real. And it's like, um, that, that fully not being aligned doesn't have to feel like a broken foot. It can feel like a thorn in your heel. That's like, every time you walk, you're reminded that you're not walking in your full authenticity. And it's like, it it doesn't feel great. You know, it could feel better. It could feel better. It's great. Could be fucking even more delicious. And so for me, that means, um, you know, like there's some really high level private client work that I've been secretly doing behind the scenes. And it's like claiming that and feeling good and embodied in that, which is such a simple shift, but that's big. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, 
Yeah, I, I do fucking help these really high level multi-million dollar people. And I'm allowed to say that out loud, you know, like that's an embodiment level and shifting some of my programs and letting some clients go that aren't in alignment and calling in new ones and trusting that I can make these shifts and I can still sustain my financial goals and like almost proving to myself as I was telling Derek, this is my new financial like money block is I can change it all and still make really great money with even more ease and even more alignment. Like anything that feels like uh, I have to, I should do this, I'm kind of shedding, but those have tos and shoulds, I have proof that they work, that they're financially lucrative, that people like them, that they're not broken. And I'm letting go of some of those things that I should, I could, I would, and they work and people like them and there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not as delicious as I want them to be. So it's kind of like letting go of something that's good for some Something greater and trusting that it will be provided, that it will show up, that will it will feel better. That does that make sense? Hundred percent. Yeah. Like nothing's broken, but I I don't want to do it in that way anymore, and I have to trust that I can financially make that make sense because I don't have to let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. So that's a trust. That's like a trust fall with money to be like you can be your fullest expression. And the money is just always there because it's always there. When you're your truest self, it'll be even better, you know? Yeah. And I knew you were going to say playing small, but I asked you anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think a lot of times people on the outside, they can look at like your social media or our social medias and they're like, oh, this person's just lucky. Oh, that person must be nice. And so can you kind of go into, and I'm thinking about this for like, you throw huge ass events with lots and lots of people. And I think a lot of people try to throw events and they're like, only like 10 people came or 50 people came or whatever their number might be. And so do you want to kind of share, like, it wasn't always this hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people events. No. And they've never been thousands of people to be clear. I don't know if I like emotionally can handle that yet in my life. (laughs) I can hold space for that energy. That's a big energy. Um, I have not calibrated to yet. I can do, I can show up at other people's events with thousands, but like that's a lot to hold for me where I'm at. Um, yeah. I mean, I started with workshops with like five to 20 people in them and I did it for four years, like 30 times a year. And before that I did like free workshops. Yeah, I did like that was that's what built hair love. I was like workshops were I made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing workshops. That was my education business for years. I had hair painting classes with business and mindset in them. And I taught thousands of stylists that way for years. And so um, and before that, I did like free meetups and I did, you know, and it, I for me, I think being grounded in the now has helped me a lot, like almost like I've been too naive to have like too much forecasting vision. (laughs) Like I like didn't know I could do something and I didn't even worry about it. Like, so I'm like the naiveness has helped, but I think now I can use that as a tool to be like, how, if, if we did that intentionally, it's just being grounded in where you're at. Um, cause I never was like, Oh, I want to do this so I can do this. Like, I just was like, I kind of took the next right step and had no, and just let it evolve. And that came from being a little bit naive and not knowing how big I could dream. Um, but I, I think it could be a beautiful tool in like just being grounded. Um, but yeah, I was like that for years and 
um, I've also lost hundreds of thousands of dollars doing events. Like I've had many, many events lose money. I've had events make shit tons of money. I've had like, I've had the full spectrum of it. Um, I mean, events is a wild industry, you know, I've, yeah. I've events where like almost everyone there was invited for free. Like some of our big conferences, we literally invited hundreds of people for free and it was for marketing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't like, you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Do you know what right. I mean? Like you no. don't know how 300 people got there. Like maybe they were all literally personally invited by Elizabeth Faye DMing them. Cause that totally did happen. Not at my retreat, but like at a one day pop-up or something. Yeah. I don't invite people for free to, to retreats, but to like a one day conference. Do you know what I mean? That's very different. Yeah. Uh, No, thank you for sharing. I think a lot of people, you know, they just see what they see on social media. Yeah. They don't actually know. You don't know. And that's not bad to invite people for free. Like we did those events to grow our community. Like, like our podcast tour was free. Like we, we just wanted people to show up, you know, like we knew we're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars and do a podcast tour and we just want anyone and everyone to come, you know? Yeah. Can we talk about relationships? Yeah. So. I think a lot of our listeners are super badass female entrepreneurs, probably the breadwinners in their family. Can you talk about relationships when you are the breadwinner and kind of those mindset and issues it can cause in relationships and how to get through that? Yes, this is a really great topic because I've worked with a lot of high-level females and almost everyone I know that is in a male-female relationship and even some that are in a female to female relationship, but I see it a lot with our men and women dynamics. Um, there's a lot of conditioning and programming over the woman making money, leading, and the masculine and feminine dynamics being balanced. And I know that is something that has been greatly painful and hard in my life um, and in many, many, many of my clients. And there's been a lot of shadow work done by me and my partner to even um, be in a space where like, I thought he was fine. I was like, oh, he's just great. And it's like when he got really fucking real with himself, he's he wasn't actually like, it didn't make him feel like a man. And like, so it's like, even if you think your partner is like, they might literally just be like repressing that because men have a lot of programming around repressing their emotions and everything's just fine. And I am just going to provide the best I can and shove down the fact that I don't feel like a man about it. So there's a lot of shadow there. And I think we are in some of the, we're in big work here because this is breaking a lot of generational trauma around money and around what it means to be a feminine leader making money and a powerful female and also inviting the masculine into, um, you know, we want, we want balance with those dynamics and the world needs balance with those dynamics. And, um, I think there's a lot, a lot of healing. And I always remind myself when it's hard that I am doing this for my children's children's children, because these dynamics as they are more healed, they are more passed on. And that money is an even cleaner, beautiful wealth that I am passing on to them. And I'm showing to them um, what that healthy balance um, can look like. And so we're breaking chains. Some of us are first generational wealth and a lot of us are first generational wealth with the female leading, which is a whole different thing. So your man is just as much a part of that healing experience and his healing will help you step into your power and your healing will help him feel safe in that dynamic. 
Um, our healing always benefits those around us. Um, and I, I think if you're going through that in any way, you're, you're not alone. It's very normal. And I don't think I have yet found a female entrepreneur who is honest with herself that doesn't have pain in that dynamic. Um, even if they weren't aware of it, you know? Yeah. So, so how, <laughs> it's a big one. So yeah. how, how would you even approach it with a partner? Yeah, I, this is my opinion on healing. Um, and take it for what it's worth. You're like, I am a trauma-informed life coach, but also like always check with yourself on what feels good, right? Um, is I believe in, you know, I think we're taught like, oh, you go to marriage couples therapy and you fix the problem together. Most of the time, the problem is a symptom of a different, deeper rooted problem. So your argument about money isn't actually about that. It's both your little inner child, your family dynamics, your own wounding and traumas. That's actually what's hurting. And so I'm a huge proponent um, if I'm doing couples work or I'm dealing with a female and she's having you do your healing work. And if they ever step into theirs, that's awesome. If they don't, that's okay too. And is I would have her work on her side of things because she has a little girl that needs love. She needs lots of parts and versions of her um, and her understanding her own energies, her own dynamics, her own wounding will actually help her have so much more compassion for herself and the relationship. And um, even like when I started doing my own inner child work, um, I definitely, I think a lot of women go first in their healing and then later the men was willing and don't discount that they might, if they're not willing, it's okay. Hold the faith and you do your fucking work. And yeah. they, they might, I have seen so often, most of the time they'll meet you. It just might be a long time later and your healing will benefit the whole relationship always. Like, don't think you're only lifting half, you know, I can, I can a hundred percent attest to that. Like, I think in our relationship for years and years, I was like, I just want him to heal and like do all this work and like help fix PTSD. And like, I just wanted to help and fix. And then I was really just pushing him away. But then when I was like, I'm just going to do me and I hope and pray that he comes along with me. It, that was really the shift because he was like, wow, I really see like you changing and you like up leveling and you're happier and like, Hey, what is this uh, like journaling that you're doing? Or what is this breath work that you're doing? And, and now he's a freaking client of yours and doing trauma work. And I'm just so proud. I'm so proud. And it's so beautiful to see such a masculine man do it's like the fucking coolest thing. Um, so yeah, I would say hold the faith and like your work will benefit your relationship. And, um, and you'll start to see your partner. Like this was a beautiful shift for me as I saw my own little girl and my inner child. I also saw that my partner was a little boy and I saw his little boy and I could see when he felt some sort of way, I was like, Oh, his little boy that's feeling less than or not this or not that or repressed. And, and it gave me a lot of compassion and love and helped us be, um, more of a team and more of a partnership. And, um, you know, and relationships are messy. Like they mm -hmm. just 
are and anyone who who tells you they're not like they're just they're just not actually dealing with their shit and that's that's their choice too right but like um like real real feelings are messy there's a full spectrum and they're supposed to be so I would say do your own healing work around money around your own inner child um I think it's like we're so focused on strategy and like how to make more money and how to position our offers and it's like your inner world is a reflection of your outer world and if I could tell beginners or high level leaders, anything, it's like, do your fucking drama work, work with someone really safe and beautiful that you align with, um, to do it. It, it will help you in finances more than you can even wrap your mind around. Oh, I love that. So yeah. if you don't already follow Elizabeth Faye, follow her at Hey Elizabeth Faye, but also where, where do you want people to find you? Yeah, my Instagram's easy. It's just Hey Elizabeth Faye. Yeah, I think that's a really good spot. And there's, awesome. you know, all the things they'll find there. Yeah. And definitely like DM her and reach out if you're looking for any sort of coaching. I can attest that she's literally amazing. So thank you so much for being on. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Changing Money. Don't forget to subscribe. And I would love if you left a review and shared it with your friends. See you next time.